I mean, the thing about Stellar, in in my opinion, is that it's a it's a protocol that's built for financial applications. At the end of the day, you know, that's really what it is. Hello, Stellar community. Welcome to the Stellar podcast. I'm Tyler Vanderhoeven, and uh, with me today, I've got Craig McGregor on on the line. He's he's the CEO of DStock. Um, I'm extremely excited to hear more about the product that they've been building. Um, they are one of our new enterprise fund recipients. So um, when we came out with our new mandate a few months ago, earlier uh, beginning of the year, um, we had outlined uh, a large portion of our lumens would be split up across an enterprise fund. So um, large enterprise level investments into big players in the space. And DSOC is one of those one of those enterprises. So, uh, Craig, thanks so much for being willing to jump on and talk about your product. Um, if you just want to intro yourself, and then uh, we'll we'll jump right into it. Yeah, thanks, Tyler. Uh, happy to do so, and also happy to be here with you on on the podcast. So as you mentioned, I'm the I'm the CEO and one of the co-founders of DStock, and we are essentially a, an interface for the buying and selling of security tokens built on the Stellar blockchain. And uh, as you mentioned, also very happy and proud to be, in fact, the first first recipient of uh, funding from the Stellar Enterprise Fund. And yeah, of course, also proud to be a part of the the Stellar community. And you know, we've been as a company, we've been building on Stella now for for a few years. It takes a, a long time uh, in a business such as ours to actually get a product to the market, and it's also super exciting times for us right now because we we're we're just about to release our product. So yeah, happy to happy to talk about it with you. Yeah, super. Um, so let's let's back up just a little bit before we talk too much about DStock. Let's talk a little bit about your own history. You mentioned you're a co-founder of DStock, so maybe. What was that process like? Either finding co-founders, like how did you get? Why did you land here? Uh, everybody's kind of got an interesting story for a why they or how they landed in cryptocurrency, and then the products that they're building. Uh, how did you kind of arrive at at the product that you you have? Yeah, sure, uh, de- definitely. Do you have an interesting story there? <laughs> so, as you may be able to tell from from my accents, I'm actually uh, from South Africa. In fact, I'm South African. And originally founded DStock with uh, a German, a German uh, guy that I met in in South Africa in Cape Town a few years ago. So it's about three years back now. And we, at that time, so me personally, I actually come from a finance background. I was working uh, in asset management prior to starting DStock. So basically, buying and selling shares investing trading on the stock market in south africa but for a global fund so really my background is is on the finance side and uh, i met my initial co-founder through um an, an acquaintance essentially and he's an entrepreneur from from germany and was down in, in cape town looking to to do business there he came had some real estate uh, business and he was thinking about kind of porting a model to south africa and he he realized it was actually really expensive to move money 
from a developed market into an emerging one and back and forth. So, you know, he was he was speaking to his bank about how much it would cost to to transfer money to South Africa and was just getting crazy quotes that he was super unhappy with. And and a friend suggested he speak to me because I was also, in fact, uh, had been in, in crypto for for a while prior to that. And um, that's basically how we got in touch. And from there, we started looking at, you know, what what problems can we solve with, you know, with crypto or with blockchain, basically. And out of that, it evolved into essentially a problem that we saw, which I was aware of because I was from the finance background and we thought we found a solution to that problem, which was crypto. So the problem is basically moving one's assets cross borders. And when you're coming from an emerging market, it's just ridiculously expensive to do that. It's it's crazy. I mean, if you want to if you want to make payments abroad, you, you're going to pay massive amounts of money. That's of course what Stella is trying to solve, making it easier for cross border payments. But on top of that, we found an even bigger problem, which was investing. So just to give you an example, it also talks to kind of the problem we're trying to solve. As a South African, if I wanted to buy shares of a European or an American company, basically any company outside of South Africa, I would be paying about 10% in fees to do that. Unless I'm investing huge amounts of money, in which case, okay, it's a bit cheaper, but really it's so exorbitantly expensive that I just found there was a massive, massive problem there. And so myself and my and my co-founder, we looked into how to, we can solve that problem and realized that actually using blockchain to facilitate cross-border transactions can add a lot of efficiency because you can cut out a lot of the middlemen that basically charge a whole bunch of money. So we, as a, on the back of that, essentially developed a peer-to-peer -peer platform where users on this, through the state of blockchain can trade assets and wealth and value amongst themselves and do it all directly on chain. And at the same time, also keeping control of their own money. And uh, that's that's very important to us. But yeah, I, we could touch on that perhaps in, in later questions. As you start to recognize this problem and begin developing a solution, you come up with, with DStock. I assume you're looking around for blockchains to do this on. Um, you're ultimately trying to actually solve the problem and not just uh, tack blockchain onto um, existing solutions, like you're really trying to reinvent something to solve the the cost uh, and efficiency problem. Um, so as you're beginning to think about those problems and how they might be solved, what's the what's the process there? What's the research that happens, and ultimately, how do you land um, at Stellar in the in the solutions that you've come up with? Yeah, very very good question. So we actually, yeah, this was quite a few years back um where when we started this and at the time like you kind of correctly alluded to i think at that time a lot of what was happening was companies looking at blockchain as a buzzword and thinking how can we use this without really having a problem to solve it was the other way around which is historically not been a very successful business business model so yeah we we really did start with the problem and we had been doing assessments into different blockchains. We found, of course, Bitcoin far too slow, not really programmatic to the extent we wanted. So that wasn't an option. We looked obviously into Ethereum and also it was far too slow, we found. 
on top of which the fact that you do have the smart contracting language on it introduces a lot of security concerns that were problematic for us plus how easy it is to fork things that has some issues for for our business model that we we didn't like and we looked into a bunch of others we were looking into cardano we were looking into uh tron at one point binance you know a lot of a lot of different opportunities and ultimately we chose stella for a few reasons first of all fact that it has uh, the dex built in on the protocol level is really an amazing feature something that is now a core part of our tech stack basically and it's super good in terms of like route to market because we no longer had to even think about that side of things stella had it solved already uh, on top of that the fact that stella as a as a language is is non-turing complete and it only has you know set set features set functions that one can use is actually super super good for our specific use case because the functions that it has are exactly the things that we and our users would want to do. So it again simplified for us the route to market and gave us on top of that an extra layer of security because we didn't have to worry about smart contracts getting hacked like you do on Ethereum. And so on top of that, of course, main other factors, just the speed of Stellar. I mean, we're really, really proud that the app we've built right now, we think from a user's perspective, most people won't even know that it has anything to do with blockchain. And that's the beauty of it. And the reason that that's the case is because the transactions happen so fast. So, you know, you push confirm, place an offer, and a couple seconds, you know, there's a little blue spinning wheel, a couple seconds later, everything's done. That's the type of experience people are used to having on apps anyway. And that is not really possible on a lot of other blockchains. So, Again, that was one of the very, uh, you know, that was one of the main reasons why we ended up with Stella. And one last thing, which I think is super important also, is that Stella, you know, Stella as a company um, back then, but also certainly now, is looking to solve problems in the same markets we're looking to solve problems. So that helps us too, because as Stella as an ecosystem grows, as more anchors come on board, as fiat on and off ramps become smoother that of course improves the user experience and considering that where stella is focusing are the markets that we are focusing on we've just found that there's some some excellent synergies from that side i, I hate to bring it up but compared to to ripple for example they have the complete opposite markets that they're looking at and have a completely wrong approach in our opinion so you know there were just a, a lot of synergies first of all from the tech side between Stella and what we think our users would want, as well as from this perspective of where Stella as a company is focusing, it's it's super aligned with where we're focusing. So yeah, it's kind of like, a, we even wrote a blog post on it a while back. It's kind of like a match made in heaven. Yeah, I mean, it makes a ton of sense and it certainly seems to align extremely well. And it's neat being able to recognize those things and um, identify that what might be seen as missing features, right? The Turing complete, no smart contracts. Um, are actually benefits. They're not drawbacks. Um, if you're willing to look at them that way and see how uh, that separation of interests adds a lot of security and usability and is the reason that we can be so quick and confident in the deliverables that we have. Exactly. And like, especially, I mean, the thing about Stella, in, in my opinion, is that it's a, it's a protocol that's built for financial applications. 
at the end of the day, you know, that's really what it is. And so if you are a company or a user that's looking for some sort of protocol on for financial transactions, uh, yeah, Stellar's Stella's kind of perfect for that. I, I definitely wouldn't have come to those. I might not have come to those same conclusions if we were like, whatever, uh, if we were a, a gaming company or, or something else. But mm. yeah, specifically when it comes to the financial side of things, I think uh, Stella's done a super good job of actually laying the foundations for, for, for some interesting stuff to be to become possible. Yeah, absolutely. So you've you've built a product, you've got a company that is a blockchain company, you know, congratulations, you've arrived. But have you achieved your goal? Like is is moving money with uh, with uh, cross border investments is that cheaper now? Have you achieved the goal? Um, has adding blockchain to the problem accomplish something that you couldn't have done without blockchain? We we think of ourselves actually as a fintech company that happens to use blockchain, not the other way around. And certainly our entire focus is user-centric. So we're definitely just thinking about the user experience side of things. And I think that the what we've achieved, I mean, we have a product now that's ready to ship. We have a lot of indication that there's a good fit in terms of like product market fit. But of course, we can only say that we've achieved our goal once we have uh, a lot of users and once, they, once they're using our, our product. So maybe it's slightly too early for that, but we, we, we're just on the cusp of it, which is super exciting. From the fee side, I mean, yeah, uh, definitely. We don't charge, in fact, any, uh, any commissions when it comes to transactions on our platform. And that's mostly due to the fact that we're just much more efficient than um, the traditional system. So we don't have all of the costs that a normal company trying to you know, create a product such as ours would have. And so as a result, I think we have a much better product at the end of the day for users. The other super interesting thing where blockchain in our case, I think has empowered us relative to how a centralized institution might try and tackle the same problem is that in our case, we never hold customers funds. Customers are always in control of their own funds. So we help them through the app to set up basically a Stellar wallet or Stella account. And we never get access to their private key or anything like that. They, they control it themselves. And what that then means is users can transact amongst themselves through our app, which just helps them in it. You know, it's, it, it makes it easier for users to transact with the, with the blockchain essentially. And the main benefit of that is we can offer our product, not just into one country at a time, but into a multitude of countries at a time. So maybe if I can just talk through a little bit of kind of how it works, I, I personally find it super interesting. On our, on our platform, what, what becomes possible is a, uh, a citizen of, let's say, Nigeria could at one point in time decide they want to buy a tokenized share of, let's say, Apple. And you can have another user sitting in Vietnam that wants to sell. Through the platform and through the Stellar Dex, we allow those two individuals to connect directly with each other. And that's amazing. That's in no way what's happening right now in finance. 
currently, if you were in Nigeria or you were in Vietnam, first of all, you wouldn't even have access to those products, most likely. And secondly, if you did, when you when you wanted to place uh, when you wanted to place a trade, you'd be doing it directly with the broker. Then that broker would do it with someone else, and you don't really have a peer to peer platform. And so uh, we find it really interesting that through the way we implement blockchain uh, into our into our interface, we are really allowing for these peer to peer connections in a way that reduces fees, and we do we do think will actually achieve our goal, which is to make it easier for value to shift among amongst different countries, especially when it comes to like cross-border investments at a, at a far cheaper and more efficient way than it is right now. Just one last point on that. <laughs> Sorry, I know it's a fairly long response, but in a, in a normal environment, when an individual places a trade, it can take up to two days for that trade to actually settle. So that means two days for the legal ownership of whatever you you bought or sold to be to be transferred so it's not actually yours until two days on our platform <laughs> it takes five seconds because that's how long it takes for a transaction on on stellar so yeah i think uh i think the product that we've been able to build on, on top of stellar is actually significantly better than than anything that's out there from a cost perspective from a user experience perspective and also in terms of empowering our users to basically take back control of, of their own assets rather than having to rely on uh, on banks. Yeah, that's phenomenal. Uh, it's something I've I've caught on to and, and mentioned multiple times even on this show is the ability because of the built-in decks on Stellar, the ability for you to open up um, business with anyone in the world who's connected to that network. Um, because everything can happen peer to peer rather than having to go through third parties. Um, and that, that capability is, uh, unbelievable. Um, it's incredible that you can create something and immediately have access to, uh, the entire world, as long as they're willing to connect into that network. And as the network continues to grow and mature and have greater options, the, the friction or, um, barriers to connecting to that network become lower and lower and easier and easier to get into. Yeah. Um, which becomes absolutely essential and incredible to opening up markets and beginning to um, provide access to financial services and um, platforms that traditionally just aren't possible. Yeah. I mean, I've got a good, good example on, on exactly that. Like let's, let's take an example, right? You, you and I want to do a trade. Let's say, uh, you want to sell a token for for 100, and I'm prepared to buy that same token for 110. If you place an offer to sell at 100, and I place an offer to buy at 110, what's going to happen is because of the the logic behind the Stellar Dex, me as the buyer, I'm I'm going to end up paying 100 for it, even though I was prepared to pay 110, I'm going to pay 100 because that's how it works. In in a normal financial product, there's an intermediary in between they see an opportunity where I'm prepared to pay 10% more. They're going to sell it to me at 110. They're going to buy it from you at 100. They're going to keep the 10. And this is where the efficiency comes in. We're cutting out that middleman who are seeking rent from uh, from the transaction. So at the end of the day, the user is getting by far a better experience. You're getting buying something for less than you're prepared to pay, and it automatically gets implemented like that. It's awesome. I, I'm super excited about it as well as somebody who who early on really wrestled with um, like stock options and how to manage um, investing 
even your uh, academy that you've been working on with uh, the education side of it is just so important. You can build a phenomenal product, but if nobody really understands, if you're so close to how this thing works that you completely skip the education piece because it's so obvious to you, um, you're really going to cut yourself in the foot for um, actually getting people on board because they don't know it like you know it. And so seeing you target the education side of things as well as the product side of things has been um, really encouraging and exciting to me that like you get it, um, <laughs> that you have to have education along with a good product. Otherwise, you really don't have a good product. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely agree with you there. And, you know, the way I think about it, actually, so I totally agree with you when it comes to to the product side of things, but maybe just to like take a step back and 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 look at holistically where we stand right now. Um, I think things have fundamentally changed since our parents' generation. You know, back then, and this isn't that long ago, but in our parents' generation, you would get to the age of 20, maybe 21, you start working, you work at a company for 10, 20, 30 years. And they're, and they're investing part of your salary that whole time into, you know, some retirement fund or that it's just a standard thing that was done all over, all over the world. So by the time you're 30 or 40, you might have actually accumulated quite a lot of investments without actually knowing anything about it. But you still did it because there were these good habits that were kind of put in place. And that was just the structure of the workforce at that point in time. On top of that, you also had people buying real estate much earlier. And so compared to where we stand right now, our parents' generation, people get to the age of like 30, 35, probably have a house and probably have pretty substantial sized investment portfolio just because their company forced them to do it. And that's that's all good. I think that's actually very positive because you know you get set up to have a more fruitful life and you'd be safer when it comes to retirement and all of that. Contrast that to now. People are working at companies for two years three years. That's like the average. No one knows where to get started with investing. No one can afford real estate. And there's an interesting statistic that 72% of people would rather go to the dentist than trust their banker. So, so where do you get started? <laughs> if you don't know anything about investing, everyone's assumption is like, okay, well, I'm not going to go to the bank. I don't have enough money to buy real estate. And there's very few apps or, or ways for me to actually get started. So like, where do I get started? We've done polls too around trying to understand users and, and, and what prevents them from getting started with investing. And mostly it's actually a lack of education. We've done a bunch of marketing to search, looking at, uh, you know, Google search words and things like that. And a lot of the stuff that performs best is people searching how to invest, how to learn how to invest, things along those lines, which is, a big part of what drove our decision to start putting some time and resources into the educational side, because I think there needs to be a structural shift in our whole generation to get people more comfortable just getting started with investing. And if that doesn't happen, we're going to see massive issues down the line where people get to retirement and just don't have any money anymore. Yeah, huh. that's that's very um, astute observation. <laughs> Um, so let's talk about your business model a little bit. Uh, you're fee-free. How are you keeping the lights on? Uh, so basically, we we generate a bit of revenue uh, in the in the creation of the tokens themselves. So we have, have some costs there too, but basically do generate a bit of revenue there. 
and um, yeah, aside aside from that, what we're focusing on the beginning is much more about the user acquisition side of things. Down the line, we're going to add uh, some. We, we plan to add some subscription services, so users can opt in to get additional features and the like, and basically uh, pay pay for that. So our focus in the beginning is on building a strong product, strong user base, and then uh, like a lot of fintech companies, especially, yeah, basically it's quite prevalent in, in finance, figure out a bit more and focus more on the um, the, the revenue generation side of things down the line. That's our, that's our strategy. Yep, very common, solid strategy, uh, particularly as you get adoption from all the work that you've already been doing, so. Yeah, yeah. It's exciting. I, I think like, I mean, we, we we thought we really thought about this super long and hard on the business model side and uh, on the fees fees side of things and I just think it makes so much more sense to to end users and it's such a strong value proposition to say hey okay we're not charging you any commissions it's it's so it's just so compelling to users that I also think you 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 gain their trust in doing things like that and. We've seen in in a few examples of other companies how that can be successful and it can it can be sustainable. It doesn't have to always be, uh, yeah. I mean, it, I think it is sustainable if you can be more efficient and have a significantly lower cost base than some other competitors. Then it is possible to do interesting things like that, and that's uh, that's what we're really excited to to explore. Yeah, fantastic. So when this show goes out, um, you'll, your your application is live. It's it's running right now on the test net, but in in June you'll be uh, transitioning over, or at least opening up access to the production um, public network. Um, so right now though, while it's in test net, how can people get involved? They can download the app. You've also got these educational resources. Maybe talk a little bit about that and um, what's your what's your call out to the community for getting involved in this. Uh, groundbreaking application and product that you've built. Yeah, sure. So users can go to to dstock.com. That's d-s-t-o-q.com, and uh, you can download our app directly directly from our website. You can also access our our bootcamp, the the learning courses that you were talking about. You can access that from the website. And what we want to do as much as possible is actually get feedback from the community, see how we can improve the products, see. Uh, what suggestions might people people might have? We would be very very open to that. So if anyone is using the app and decides they want to give us some feedback, you can also go to uh, dstock.com forward slash feedback, and there's a form there that you can fill out, which will which will come through to us. So you know, feature requests or bugs, things like that. Feel free to put all of that into into feedback. Uh, you can also engage with us on uh, Twitter. That's our kind of most active um, social media platform. And that's just twitter.com forward slash dstock. And uh, we'd be happy to also, you know, talk to people there. And then going on from uh, where we stand, like you mentioned on the test net to the main net, like anyone downloading the, the app right now will will be set up for our full production service. We're going to be uh, migrating it and making it easy easy for users. So if you download the app now, when the full and, and you go through the account creation process, when the full app comes out, you just have to do KYC and then you're good to go. So uh, we do encourage people to get started now. And um, we'll also be running a few community programs around things like which assets should we think to add to the platform down the line? 
obviously always happy to to hear from users around suggestions that they have there and we'll also be doing a bit more uh you know deeper feedback with the the most active users on our platform so that's something we'll be announcing in in a week or so where we're going to try and uh basically incentivize some people that are that are very actively using our app to do some video sessions with us where we can uh, really get their feedback hands-on. So uh, if anyone listening to the podcast is interested in that, then also feel, feel free to, to uh, reach out to us. You could do so, like I mentioned, either via Twitter, so just at dstock, or uh, could, also, could also email us at info at dstock.com and um, ask us about that program, and we'd be, we'd be happy to talk about it. Super. Yeah, I would strongly encourage uh, the community to download this app and provide feedback. This is a really unique and fantastic opportunity to get your hands dirty, uh, actually shaping um, a very legitimate and exciting uh, crypto project building on Stellar. So um, it's it's actually not that often. Like everybody says they want feedback, but these guys are actually chasing people down to give them feedback, which uh, is fantastic and very important. So um, be sure and, and provide that as you're able, um, because they are they're acting on it and making their product better. Yeah, and no, I actually want to I actually want to say thanks to uh, to the Stellar community for for exactly that point. We have been receiving really good feedback and a lot of positive encouragement, and we of course appreciate it. We're you know we're a small team trying to change the world, so it's a it's a big task that we have at hand, and it's and it's super. Uh, motivating for us to to be getting this positive feedback and also suggestions on features and things we, we really do take it seriously i think it's super crucial and uh, it's 100 percent in the ethos of our company to to take that seriously so yeah thanks to the community for the feedback we've had thus far and looking forward to more in the future all right super duper well thanks again so much craig for jumping on uh this is a very uh, insightful conversation really appreciate you taking the time and super excited. Cannot wait to see how things progress for you guys down the road. Thanks a lot, Tyler. Yeah, likewise. Good to, good to be on. For more information about Stellar and the future of decentralized finance, visit Stellar.org. And get involved in the discussion in one of our active communities on Keybase at Stellar.public or Stellar Stack Exchange. Until next time, I'm your host, Tyler Vanderhoeven. We'll catch y'all later.